0: Thanks for joining us at Summit Church. No matter where you are at on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to share God's Word with you through this week's message. Hey, I want to start a conversation with us this morning. and I want to talk to us for the next few weeks, hopefully, about you in 60 months. You in 60 months. Who will you be in 60 months if you continue the path that you are on right now. Where is your present momentum, in a sense, taking you and who do you really want to be in 60 months? For those of you that have problems figuring out 60 months, that's five years from now. Five years. Picture yourself five years from now. I, I mean, hopefully it brings a smile to your face. Hopefully that brings excitement to you. I know for me, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see what God has in store. Five years from now, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time, and I hope you're there with me. But the challenge, I believe, that we have is that we have a tendency to really, many times, think too small. I know I do, personal confession. But I heard this person say, one time he said, we typically underestimate what we can do in the long term, and we overestimate what we can do in the short term, right? Come on, man, you tell your wife, the honeydew, all oh, that thing, I'll have that done in an hour, you know? Five hours later, you're still trying to put this cabinet together, right? It's just, we under, we overestimate, we underestimate the short term, but we overestimate what we can do. We underestimate what we can do in the long term, overestimate what we can do in the short term. But the problem many of us have, I found, me included, is that we have a short attention span. Come on we it, it it's really challenging sometimes for us to stay with something for a long period of time it's even that way in the church world did you know the average youth pastor stays in a church 2 years and the average pastor stays in a church only 3 years in america that is crazy it was like the pastor who was his last day of preaching Uh, at the church that he had been at for three years. And and he told the church, this is my last day, this is my last sermon, and they were very grieved. And so he finished the sermon, went to the back of the church, was greeting people as they left one last time, and people telling him how we were going to miss him. And this one lady, she was an older lady, she walked up to him and shook his hand, and she said, Pastor, I just want you to know that your successor will not be as good as you. And uh, he kind of sheepishly smiled and said, well, um, that's just nonsense in a flattered tone, but thank you. She goes, I'm serious. He won't be as good as you. And, and, and they kind of went back and forth, and they finally said, well, what makes you think he won't be as good as me? She says, listen, son, I've been in this church for 80 years. I've seen five pastors come and go, and what I have found in 80 years that each pastor is worse than the one before. <laughs> But it is true that we have a difficult time sometimes staying with something. And and it, how can you ever make impact in a world if you don't stay with it? Come on. If you give up too early, how, how can you ever? I mean, even if you study Columbus, um, Christopher Columbus and the discovery of America. I mean, he was, they were about to commit treason. In fact, they had, crea- they, they were going to, um, um, is it treason? Not treason, but Mutiny, thank you. And they were going to commit mutiny. They had risen up, rebelled against him, and he pleaded with them for three more days. They'd already gone further than their food supply would last if they turned around even then to get back home. But he pleaded with them, three more days, please, three more days. And on the third day, after he said that, a strong wind came and blew the sails, and they just began to go fast, fast than they'd ever had up until that point. Three days, they, the sailors are very discouraged, but they made a promise to go three more days. On the third day, they found things floating uh, in the ocean, it looked like leaves, and someone saw a bird, and they knew soon they would find land, and sure enough, they did. But what would have happened if they had given up at that mutiny moment? you got to stay with some things over time. My question to you is, who are you going to be in 60 months? Let's look at Romans chapter 13, verse 11. This is the Message Bible. If you are one that likes to read, but you have a hard time reading some of the Bible in the versions that you've found, I encourage you to check out the Message Bible. It's not a study Bible, but it's definitely an easy-to-read Bible, and um, maybe it would encourage you to read the Bible more. Look at this. But make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and you doze off. Oblivious to God. The night is about over and dawn is about to break. So be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work that He began when when we first believed. And we cannot afford to Waste a minute. Must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, and sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed. Get dressed. Don't don't loiter. Don't linger. Waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. You, in sixty months, what would? Someone do, if they really set their mind to change. In sixty months, let's just look at a few things in the positive sense. For right now, what do you have the ability to do in sixty months? In sixty months, five years, you can actually become fluent in a whole other language. That's enough time for you to learn a whole new language. Yeah. Everybody say, "Cómo estás." That's how are you. Everybody say, gracias. Gracias. Thank you. Everybody say, taco. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, el baño. That's the bathroom. you got to remember that one. See, you're already on your way. Come on. Just a few moments and you're halfway there. Come on. What can you do in 60 months? You can get a degree. That's enough time for you to get a degree in some kind of a field. It's enough time for you to obtain a whole new skill. Maybe to become a potist, a pottery, or uh, become a carpenter, or a skilled fisherman, or a skilled seamstress. That's enough time for you really to become an expert in some kind of a field. You could in 60 months master a sport. You could run your, it's enough time for you to Do not only a half marathon, but it's enough time for you to train and do a full marathon if you really wanted to. It's enough time for you to uh, learn how to go to bowl or to play golf or tennis or chess or pickleball. (laughs) It's enough time for you to learn how to play a musical instrument. You could be an incredible guitar player or a keyboard player in 60 months A very good one. Good enough to play perhaps even with these all-stars up here. You could be, in 60 months, have the ability to um, make enough equity in your house that you could actually sell your house and buy even a better house. It's enough time, 60 months, to buy a brand new car and pay it off. It's enough time to read 60 books. If you read one book a month, in the average length of a book, that would be about six pages per day. If you just read six pages of a book a day, you would read one book a month, which would be 60 books in 60 months. Think of how smart you could be. You could read a biography. You know everything about Abraham Lincoln. You could know everything about George Washington. You could know everything about Charles Finney, George Whitfield, the great revivalists. You, you could know a whole lot more than you know now. How, how many know a reader is a leader? That's I love to say it. A reader is a leader. If you want to be a leader, then you got to be a reader. How about this? You could transform your soul and you could grow closer to God. I mean, such a way that you know now how to hear the voice of God. Where literally you begin to have scriptures come back to your memory because you've read it so many times. You could be at this point where in your relationship with God where not only is God speaking to you and you sense his presence and leading you, but he's actually giving you insight and discernment and words of knowledge or words of wisdom for other people, maybe in your family, neighborhoods, co-workers that you have, where literally God is speaking through you. Well, I could never do that. Yes, you could. Everybody can. Everybody can. In 60 months, that's enough time for you to read two chapters a day of the Bible, and which gives you enough time to read the whole Bible three times in 60 months. Just two chapters a day. It's amazing what we could do if we just decided what we could do in 60 months. And the flip side, in 60 months, you could be in prison. It is possible. You could be going through a messy divorce situation because you have not managed your marriage well. In 60 months, you could be addicted to painkillers or some kind of addictive substance in your life and have lost valuable relationships and time. It's enough time, 60 months, for you to create a debt that becomes a noose around your neck and you don't know how you'll ever pay it off. 60 months is enough time for you to be on your 6th or 7th or 8th job. 60 months is enough time for you to gain 30 pounds. Some of you are like, oh it don't take that long. <laughs> and I'm not trying to Rat anybody out, because I have no vice against anybody, but if you smoked one pack of cigarettes a day, that's 36,000 cigarettes you will have smoked in 60 months. Someone said, Pastor, can I smoke and go to heaven? I said, you sure can, and, but you'll just get there a little quicker than everybody else. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so let's make some good decisions. Let's begin now, first of the year, to make some quality decisions. Because my way is always seen in the decisions that I make. And, and I just want you to write this down in your notes. How I allow myself to choose to live is what I will become. That's good. You become what you allow yourself to choose to become. Now, what our problem is, is some of us don't ever want to go through the motions. We want I just don't want to go through the motions. I feel like... Uh, life is just terrible if I'm just going through the motions. Well, listen, going through the motions can be a good thing if the motions are good things. In fact, you can get a lot done over a long period of time by just going through the motions. Aren't you thankful that years ago, maybe it was your mother or your father said you were going to brush your teeth every single day? Twice a day, in fact. In the morning when you wake up, and in the evening when you go to bed, you're going to brush those pearly whites. Well, you didn't like it then, but now it's become second nature, and now aren't you thankful you have teeth at the age of 90 years old? Come on, you can still eat a steak. You're thankful that the, and now you just do it out of habit, and now you found yourself telling your great-grandkids, brush your teeth. Aren't you grateful that you can do things that are seemingly meaningless but they have importance like combing your hair, if you have hair, or putting on your seatbelt, or saying thank you, or smiling, or uh, uh, being just thankful uh, in your heart. Aren't you glad you do some things over and over again, and now you're starting to see that they bring results? That's why. The problem many young people have in this day, and when you were younger as well, is that you never thought about what's going to happen down the road. But I'm here to tell you, what you do now affects later. Somebody say amen. amen. Let me just also add, the time is not on your side. I mean, you are a little bit closer to the other side today than you were yesterday. Paul brings up in this passage, we read two different times about time. Be aware of your time. Understand the time. Paul in not only said that, but also in the Greek language, the word time actually has two different definitions. The word chronos is a definition of time, it literally means um, chronological or the rhythm of life. It's the process of life chronological time, start to finish. Like when you go to get on an airplane, Uh, they say, you're standing there waiting, everybody's waiting, got 100 people here waiting, and then they say, uh, uh, group D can uh, load now, group D can load the plane, and group D is group C, group B, group A, until finally, until that's chronological order, rhythm. And then there's this Greek word for time called kairos, by definition means strategic. It's a set point. It's a a right time. It's a fixed and a definite time. It's the time when things are brought to a crisis. It's uh, the time. It's a. It's a, It's a, It's the go time. It's a. Uh, when, uh, 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 we have Coach uh, Blake here. He's a football coach at Gulf Shores. And, and so I've been privileged to be a part of, you know, pregame, you know, talks and things like that. And it's incredible the energy that's in a locker room before a football game. I mean, it's like the most amazing thing in the world. And by the time they're getting ready to go out on the field, they are so filled with adrenaline and pumped up with so much emotion and energy. I mean, literally, they can knock a concrete wall down. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, are B- busting each other in the helmets and going let's go, let's go, let's go go time, go time, you know what I'm saying it's, that's the Kairos moment that we've waited all these months, we practiced so hard all these all these weeks for this moment right here this is a Kairos moment and in the kingdom of God, God has Kairos moments where God's moment comes and intersects your chronological life and in that moment divine, supernatural God in the, uh, influencing things impact the world and things Blow up for the kingdom of God. And God's looking for some people that will walk this thing out chronologically over and over and over, doing the right things uh, so he can intersect with a kairos moment and see the kingdom of God flash into the world and make impact for eternity. Come on, that's what he's waiting for. <laughs> and you got to be on time. We took. A, Daniel, Pastor Daniel, he's over in Germany now. We sent him over there, and he's pastoring, doing a great job over in Germany. But I was training Daniel up to, to take teams on youth trips and things like that, and he was doing a great job. and And so um, I took it. We took a team to Scotland, and some of you may have been on that t- trip. and And uh, so I said to him, I said, Pastor Daniel, look, here's the deal. I got to go on to Ukraine, so I'm going to let you take the rest of the team back to the states. Can you do? He goes, Yeah, I got this, not a problem. And I didn't think it would be a problem, but I just wanted to make sure. And so, so I made my way and off to Ukraine I went and I left him there at the airport uh, in Scotland. And, and so, to my shock, when I got back, did I realize that three of the young people never got on the plane to go back to the States? <laughs> I'm like, What happened? I let you, this is your first time out, man. He goes, well, I just let him go get a bite to eat, told him, come right back to the gate. We're going to be loading. But they didn't change their watches, and they came back to the gate an hour late. And he goes, they were closing the door, and they were three of the kids gone. So I just didn't know what to do, so I just stayed with it, hoping they would show up. And the plane left, and I'm standing here like, where's the three kids? And then they showed up with their Big Mac, you know, sack and their fries and and waiting for the plane. The plane was already gone. Guess what? They missed their Kairos moment. You know what I'm saying? And it is possible to miss your Kairos moment. It is possible to just keep moving through your life and not paying attention to the moment that you're in, that life passes you by. And the very moment you were created for, you've lost it. That's why Mordecai came to Esther, and he says, listen, sweetheart, you are in a very strategic position. Our nation is about to be, uh, genocide is about to be launched upon our nation, and who knows that you were not born for such a time as this. Now get your little sweet um, uh, outfit on. <laughs> Come on. I don't know what that was about. but <laughs> And march right in there into the king's presence and do something for us for who knows that you were not born for such a time as this can i say to every one of us this morning you were there is a such a time as this for all of you and can i say to us corporately there is a such a time as this for us corporately and can i add one more thing i believe that time is now i believe it's now oh man listen you don't understand but God preaches this stuff to me long before you ever hear it. And he reminds me of it long before I get up here. And even this morning in the worship service, the first service, the Lord, as as I had in my my notes, many times we think too small. The Lord's over there saying to me, many times you think too small. And I'm like, God, well, I want to think big, but I don't want to get crazy. He goes, get crazy. Just get crazy. Because when God gets involved in the mix you can get crazy cuz big things happen. And I believe just going over to this ugly metal red building this afternoon in the rain is bigger than just us all getting together and singing a couple worship songs and pray. I believe it's bigger. I believe it's the beginning of God launching something in the earth that he's longed to see in the kingdom of heaven for a long long time. Who knows <laughs> that you weren't born for such a time as this. Mm. Psalmist said, "Show me, Psalms thirty-nine. Show me, Lord. My life's end. And number of my days. What is he? What? What? He's saying, God, I need, I need to live my life different. I need to be more sober-minded than." I am. I need to become more focused. I need to get rid of the stuff that is sliding into my life. I, I need you to help me see my life's in, And then it goes on to say, and let me know how fleeting my life is. I need to know this, God. I wonder what it would be like if we prayed that prayer. God, I need to be reminded of how fleeting my life is. I need you, God, to come and blow into my spirit and remind me how fleeting life is. Maybe it'll be a little easier for you to jump out of bed and live life if you remember, if you realize you just got maybe a little bit left. I wonder if you realize you only had four weeks left to live, if you changed a little bit of your life even now. I wonder what you would do different if you knew just you had just this much left how much would change in the way you're going about that's what the psalmist is saying god would you please let me know how fleeting my life is and can i just add to you that maybe you feel like you're way far on the other side now and you have nothing really much left to live for or to do can i just tell you right now that is crazy your last breath and my last breath. Listen, man, you're going my la, my my prayer, not my prayer, I don't pray, but if I could have my way, I would like to be like standing here and going, and the Lord said. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, he's done, you know, <laughs> next. No, come on. I mean, I want to, I want every last breath to be glorifying and magnifying God. I, I don't care how long I have or less long I have to live. Listen, you just have to think of Colonel Sanders, KFC, chicken. (laughs) 65 years old, he's traveling around in his car with with a tin can full of flour, just asking people in restaurants if they let him cook his chicken with his recipe. 65 years old, he's bankrupt, has no money, he's in a car sleeping, trying to get people to buy his recipe. And then now look at him. And 15 years later after that, he's a multi-multi-millionaire at the age of 75, 80. He's still trucking along. We still got pictures of him on our TV. White hair, white beard with a cane. Let that be an inspiration to all of us. Amen. You're never too old to get going. Turn to your neighbor and say, get up and get going. Come on, just go ahead and get, get up and get going. Have you found the longer you live, the faster life goes? I'm not kidding. It's like I wake up and it's time to go to bed. I'm like, what happened? You know what I'm saying? Remember, though, when you're in elementary, you're in second grade, you're in sixth grade, you're in algebra class in the eighth grade, and you're like, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. You've daydreamed about everything you could possibly daydream about, it's like the longest day in the world. And now as time goes by, things are going faster and faster and faster. Peter said it like this. People are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. Well, that's pretty. That's nice. And the grass withers. And the flower fades. And you're thrown into the trash can. Isn't that encouraging? (laughs) We just have this moment in life so only what I have done to fulfill God's plan is what matters not your plan but God's plan it doesn't matter how much money you've made or how many things you've obtained in life or how many accomplishments you've had it's what God has planned for you but here's some good news in 60 months I ask you will you be living better than you're living now in 60 months will you be kinder than you are now. In 60 months, will you be more loving? And will you be more wiser? More wiser? Is that right? More smarter? Is that right? Am I saying it right? In 60 months, will you be someone who has affected someone else's life? What will you be like in 60 months? Write this down. Time doesn't change who I am, but it only reveals more of who I am. In other words, if something doesn't change, In your life, you're not going to be any different in 60 months than you are right now, except you'll just be more of that. I'll just be more set in my ways than I was now. That's all I'm going to be. I'll just be meaner than I am right now. You think I'm cranky now? 60 months? Wait, I'm going to get more cranky. You think I'm stubborn now? Wait, 60 months? You're not going to to get me to move out of anybody's way. You don't like driving with me now? Oh, you wait 60 months. I'm going to be a terror. I'm going to be the devil. I'm going to be Satan himself on wheels. I'm serious. But if you're generous today, guess what? You're going to be more generous in 60 months. If you are uh, uh, kind today, you're going to be more kind in 60 months. If you're disciplined now, you're going to be even more disciplined in 60 months. If you're flexible today and easy going today and let things slide off your back, you're going to be even more so in 60 months. because, Because Jesus likened our lives when we're filled with the Spirit like wine. And he says, listen, you put wine in a bottle when it's new and fresh, and it's okay. But, like the parable, he said, or like the story of Jesus, you, you let that thing last a little time. You, you give it some time, and that, that wine becomes the most beautiful tasting thing that you could possibly imagine. Time as a way of taking something that's good and making it gooder, <laughs> making it better. And time has a way of coming. Here's what happened. Time is, if I had a boomerang, I could throw it like this, and it comes back, and it comes right back to me. Time has a way of doing the same thing. What you sow, the Bible says, you're going to reap. If you sow, though, good seed, you're going to get some great harvest of good seed. But if you sow bad seed, you're going to get a harvest of bad seed. So what are you going to do? You can write this down. The future me is nothing more than the current me exaggerated. What are you going to be in 60 months? You're just going to be who you are right now, exaggerated even more. See, I need to change what I'm doing now to change what I become tomorrow. And it's never too late to change. One more point I'm going to make write this down ongoing consistency is better than short-term intensity. Ongoing consistency is better than short-term intensity. Because ongoing slow and measured consistencies allows me to tap into what Einstein says the eighth greatest wonder of the world is called compound interest. It's he, Einstein said it's a miracle of the ages. Where literally, you can take something and through time, it multiplies and becomes stronger. Which Caleb, my wonderful assistant and youth leader here in the house, would you come for me and hop up here and and in this wonderful, wonderful uh, item that I brought right there? <laughs> uh, see that item? Is, no, that not yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on a second. So, so I want to I want to do an illustration for you for just a second. So, um. Caleb, tell the audience what this is here. It's a domino. A domino. And if I added to this domino another half of a domino, one and a half dominoes. If I have just one and a half dominoes, and I decided to multiply them each year, so by the end of the second year, or the end of the second year, and I know it's somewhere here, I would have... Three dominoes. So I multiply the three dominoes the next year to six. There's called comp, it begins to get bigger and bigger. You understand the concept. Uh, Mr. Kidd, would you mind lifting that up, please? Now, it looks like a light little cooler. But inside this cooler is a 56-pound bag of sand. Is it very heavy? Okay, that was the question. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, good. Well, then you can stand there for a few moments <laughs> and enjoy that experience. Did you know if you, if you took this one and a half dominoes right here and you multiplied it 13 times, you would have the equal weight of 100 pounds. Wow. That's 56 pounds. You already know this, don't you? I learned last service. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna help you become a strong, strong young man. That's right, that's right, baby. Come on. Woo! Come on, man. (laughs) So, So, that's only 56 pounds. Imagine 100 pounds, twice two of those containers in 13 years, just multiplying these dominoes would weigh 100 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Now, if you took these dominoes, and you did the same thing over and over again for the length of 29 years. 29 years multiplying these dominoes over and over, just consistency, doing the same thing over and over again. 29 years. Cam. do you know that this domino would increase in size to the size and the height of the Empire State Building? That is awesome. <laughs> How low can you do this and smile at the same time? I feel like it's going to... Decrease with each service. <laughs> it's the domino effect, Caleb. See what you did there. Uh, it's the domino effect. <laughs> it increases and increases and increases over time. And you can put that down. You did a great job. Thank you. Come on, give it, give it up for, for the man. Good job. Our lives are the same way. If you'll do something powerful and good over and over again, I promise you, you will become in an exaggerated sense what you have put in place in a small measure now. Let me say it like this. Get up, make your bed. I I heard a general, an uh, an admiral in the military gave a a speech to graduates, and and his title of his speech was, Make your bed. And he said that the secret of success is just getting up and doing something you don't want to do right off the bat. Just turn around, and make your stinking bed. Which will carry over to the next habit of brushing your teeth, of combing your hair, of doing the dishes, and tidying up the house, and cleaning the car, and being disciplined in your life. I'm telling you, you do small things over and over and over and over and over again. You become a person that is reaping a multitude of good results. And my challenge for you this morning, as your friend, is to, to get up and say, I'm going to make some changes in my life that I'm going to allow myself to reap for the rest of my life. Yes. Just read two stinking chapters of the book a day, just read six pages of a book. A day. Just talk to your good Lord. Every day. Do some things that will move you down the road. I'm going to have our worship team come. And as we get ready to close out our time together. And so they did a study with a group of people. They had this group divide into two sections. And they wanted to see what would happen... With their bodies, if they took some sunscreen, and so they took sunscreen to this group with SPF 50. Is that right? I I said the first service HPF. I don't know what that is. (laughs) My wife reminded me that's not that's not what it is. (laughs) HPF 50 with this group. Is that right? HPF SPF size. It's confusing. It's very hard. This is very hard. So so they said to this group, now look, every time, anytime you're going to go to the beach or you're going to be outside, you know, mowing the grass or extending lengths of time out, just put this SPF 50, you know, on your body and, and just do that. Yeah, okay. Do that. And we're going to do that every time for four and a half years. We're going to get back. with They took this other group, and they said, look, we're going to give you SPF 15, which is hardly anything. It's just, you know, just a little bit, but not much to block the sun's rays. we want you to put this on your body every morning when you get up and wear it all day long, SPF 15 all day long, SPF 50 when you go out into the hot heat rays. At the end of four and a half years, they brought these, and they took pictures of them. And at the end of four and a half years, they brought these two groups back, and they took pictures again. And they sat down, and they began to analyze and look at their features. And what they found was astonishing, that the ones who had just put a bunch of sunscreen on when they went outside and were going to do something, that they had aged considerably over four and a half years. They had more wrinkles and more things going on. And, and th- then they took these people that just wore 15 every single day, not a lot, just a little bit of every day, and they found that they did not age at all. They looked almost identical as they did four and a half years ago. Wow. What, what does that mean? It is it, it tells us that if you do small things, now, <coughs> over and over and over again, it leads to huge results that will change not just your life, but the lives of those around you. And eventually, all of us together, doing small things well over a long length of time, we will change the entire spiritual and even some degrees of physical dimensions of this entire region. Yes, we will. We will change our marketplace, job workplaces will be changed. Your neighborhoods will be changed. Your schools will be changed. Your families will be changed because you have done small things well over and over and over again. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Let me remind you the life you get stuck with is the life that you make. My hope is that you get stuck with a good life. My dream is that today we would all awaken ourselves And say, today, I will implement some good strategies in my life, and I will make them a part of who I am. Father, we thank you that you change us. We thank you that you supernaturally transform us as we hide your word in our heart, as we Pray and seek your face as we as we do, Lord, the things that you've laid out in your word. And so we are asking you, Lord God, to change our lives. Change us. Change me, God. Help us to number our days, to really know what is the length and so we can live sober and with wisdom and not just wasting valuable time and talents. Mm. A soberness to live holy, righteous, godly, loving more, caring more, Listening more, compassionate more, merciful more, gracious more. Mm. So we will become the greatest exaggerated version of who you are in the earth. Mm. We thank you, Father, for that. We love you for that. We glorify you. You give us an opportunity. To grow. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to visit us online at summitchurch.tv or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at summitchurch.tv.